Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're going to be talking about Devil's Bride by Stephanie Lawrence. I don't even know where to start with this one, Meg. This book is amazing in the weirdest way. If you're into like the unrealistic, over-the-top, insane romance novel genre, you're going to love this. All right. So real quick, just so some real quick background here. This book was published in 1998. This was not Stephanie Lawrence's first romance novel, but it was her first explicit romance novel. Okay. So all of the romance novels she wrote before this were um, they, they're traditional regencies. Right, which which means that they were in the style of Georgia Hare. Oh, okay. Okay, um, but just basically imagine the book that you just read, but with no sex in it. That is what she wrote. Yeah, I'm hard to imagine. What? Yeah, um, do not read them, um, dear listener, because they are terrible. <laughs> They're really bad. Uh, this book spawned a humongous series. Uh, it is now this past year the 29th in the series the 28th excuse me well it's the 29th in the series but we're including a zero here so there's a prequel about devil's mother that was uh written but anyway this book saw the 30th the excuse me the 29th in the series be published so this book spawned like a dynasty of of romance novels okay uh and I, I, I don't think we can skip Stephanie Lawrence. And I'm going to be honest with you. I have read most of those 29. So I've read a lot of these books. There is something appealing about her, but it's very hard to put your finger on what it is. Wow. <laughs> I'm just feeling a little overwhelmed right now by all of those facts. Yeah, it's very overwhelming. Very overwhelming. Well, okay, let's, let's get to the book jacket before we can specifically discuss Devil's Bride. Right. Oh my gosh. When Devil, the most infamous member of the Sinster family, is caught in a compromising position with a plucky governess, Honoria Weatherby, he astonishes the entire town by offering his hand in marriage. No one dreamed this scandalous rake would ever take a bride, and as society mamas swooned at the loss of England's most eligible bachelor, Devil's infamous Sinster cousins begin to place wagers on the wedding date. But Honoria wasn't about to bend to society's demands and marry a man just because they'd been found together virtually unchaperoned. No, she craved adventure. And while solving the murder of a young sister cousin fit the bill for a while, she decided that once the crime was solved, she'd go off to see the world. But the scalding heat of her unsated desire for devil soon had Honoria craving a very different sort of excitement. Could her passion for devil cause her to embrace the enchanting peril of a lifelong adventure of the heart? Okay. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I, honestly, this is a, an extremely accurate plot summary. It is. It is. Yeah. Because really, it is just a will they, won't they, get married. Will they, will they get married? There is a mystery in there. So they want to find out who killed devil's cousin. Tolly, who, who gets killed in the first chapter. Yeah, and who did it is also really obvious from the first chapter. Oh, it was really obvious. frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You definitely figure this out. 
I've talked before about how I don't love it when I figure out who who did everything um, from the beginning. I, oh, you, I mean, you can figure this out, like. When it depends, I don't mind it if it's not meant to be important. Yeah, right. But it's talked about so often, and she feels the need to add all these scenes giving you clues. And you, I mean, and you, you end know up, already. It's, and you end up feeling like, like devil. Devil, yes, that is what they call on the entire time, is, is like extremely stupid. Yeah. You know? Because she, once she thinks about it just a little bit, she figures it out, like, immediately. And then he won't talk to her about it. No. And so this is a minor spoiler. The entire, like, line of succession for the dukedom that he holds is not explained to her. Yeah. Until the end. Even once they realize it's important. Yeah. They just let her, like... Assume that someone else, yeah, is the, is the heir. And even once they tell her it's not who she thinks it is, they still don't tell her who it is. Who it actually is. It's so annoying. Yeah. It's oh, really it drove me crazy. Like, I am dead serious. I am fine if you want to make your romance novel a murder mystery and I figure out who killed it on the first page. But then don't have the characters working through yeah. it for the whole damn book. Yeah. Well, it's like um, like one of our favorites, Mr. Impossible. You don't, you, the, the reader knows who the villain is, like, almost from the very, very beginning. You see his motivation, you see what he does, you see what he's doing. You know that the hero and heroine don't know who the who the villain is. But it doesn't matter. Like, the the point is not them figuring out who it is. It's their experience doing so. Right. And they don't talk constantly yeah. about all the really obvious clues and not figure it out. Like, right. oh, it drove me batty. Okay. So, as usual, we generated a random number for us to base our own summaries on. This week, the random number was 15. So, my 15-word summary is, local family hires governess to prepare daughter for duchessdom. Duke loves governess at first sight. Nice. Thank you. All right, here's mine. A devilish duke finds his bride near the dying body of his cousin. Instant love. It's very romantic. Yeah. I did enjoy in the book jacket when they say virtually unchaperoned. Right. Because the chaperone is his cousin's dead body. It's his cousin. I mean, he doesn't die until halfway through the night. Right. But uh, he's dying. And here's something. I still cannot get over this, that this happens in this book. It's like the hero and heroine like have this instant sexual connection like they see each other and like immediately like magnetized and their bodies want to just like suck into each other that sound was gross <laughs> okay i apologize but i'm trying to i'm trying to describe like the how kismet they yeah but it all happens with like the literal the bleeding body of his cousin his like 22 year old cousin is like literally bleeding out and dying while they're trying to overcome this like passion for each other like literally devil takes off his shirt so that they can put it on the wound of this dying young man and Honoria cannot take her eyes off of his bare chest okay yep okay. there's several times in this book where he has to take a shirt off <laughs> right. and she just checks him out yeah. Constantly. And it's so frustrating because she has the same observations every time. And I think the stupidest one to me was at the end, he and all of his cousins have to strip their shirts off due to a similarly, like, traumatic yeah. circumstance. And what she's thinking while watching them 
go through this really traumatic thing is it is just devil's chest that does it for me. I mean, they're all hot, but really his is the one that I think is the hottest. But she doesn't even think they're all hot. She's like, objectively, yeah, but none of them do anything for me. And I'm just like, okay, first of all, lady, doubt it. Second of all, um, why are you thinking about that right now? Yeah, well, because she can't help it. Oh, my apparently, God. Apparently, it's like impossible to... Apparently, these are the... Okay, let's get to a little bit of some weird exposition here. So, Devil is the Duke of Sentives, and he is the head of the Sinster family. And there are six cousins. Now, there are more than six cousins. Correct. All right, because there are at least eight, nine, ten, eleven that I can think of at the top of my head, and like more younger, younger ones. But there are six who form the Bar Sinster, right? And they're like... Well, theoretically, there might have been seven, but Tali's now dead. Well, but Tali was never part of the bar sinister. Because he was too young. Because he was old enough. And then the other dude... Charles. Charles. He wasn't part of them because his... Uh, okay, guys, we're going to talk a lot about how your um, genetics define your destiny in this book. But basically, he couldn't be part of the bar sinister because his mother tricked his father into marrying her. And so the, off the, the offspring of this union was obviously cursed. And he's also much older. I, he's he's older, but he's not all that much older than like. But you get the impression the six that are yeah. like the bar sinister are very close in age. Yeah. yeah, they're very close in age. Okay, so the bar sinister, they're these six, like these six hottest men in society. They all fought in the Napoleonic Wars and helped defeat Napoleon at Waterloo, and they all came through unscathed and unscarred, and they all have these stupidest nicknames. You have ever heard in your life. So bad. So you already know about devil. Which is short for that devil sinister. That devil sinister, yeah. Short for that devil sinister. His name is actually Sylvester. Which, to be fair, don't love the name. I would want a nickname too. I would too, but not devil. Okay, so there's devil. And then devil's brother, his nickname is Scandal. Scandal for Which is also short for something, the scandal that never was. We'll talk about... I don't think we'll talk about that. Oh, no, we are, because I have thoughts. Oh, okay, we'll talk about that later. Okay, so we've got Scandal. Then we have Vane, because Vane always knows what way the wind is blowing. <laughs> Seriously? That's the why? Yeah. That's not explained in this one. That is so stupid. Okay. Okay, so we have Vane. Then we have... Demon. Demon. No, well, Lucifer. Sorry. Get it right. Okay. Lucifer. I don't think this is short for anything, but devil was already taken, so, you know. Gotta give him Lucifer. Then we have two others. Um, demon? Well, we have, we've got demon. Demon is the youngest, I think. Okay. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, there's demon. We got demon. <laughs> and he's, he does, like, racehorses, so I guess he, like, races. Speed like demon. demon? Speed demon. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, demon. Okay, and the final, the stupidest nickname of all is Gabriel. And Gabriel is, yes, Lucifer's brother. But they both have like, I mean, Gabriel is like a name, like an actual <laughs> name. And the guy's name is like Alistair or something. So like, it's either Rupert or Alistair. I don't remember which one it is. But those names are like perfectly fine. Why would you want to be Gabriel? Yeah. I don't know. This one, these names are so weird. The fact that Gabriel is a nickname for like Alistair, that's what I don't get. Well, and also not to overthink it, but clearly this era was significantly more religious than the one we're in today. I find it hard to believe that society just would have been cool with publicly using the names Devil and Lucifer for yeah. like 
Like, even if it's just, like, a private family joke, it would have yeah. been one thing. But, like, no, 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 no. This is just that he's just known as devil. Yeah. Uh, to yeah. everyone. Okay. So, I mean, but, like, this, like, yes, this is, like, really, really stupid. <laughs> but it also, like, somehow adds to the novel. Yes. You kind of want to read it to see, like, what kind of other batshit weirdness <laughs> she's going to come up with. You know what I mean? And the answer is so much batshit weirdness. So much. So much. Look, the, I, we're just scratching the surface right here. I, this one is going to be hard not to spoil because I want to talk about everything so badly. It, it, yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should just say right here that if you do not want us to spoil this book for you, you should probably stop listening right now. Yeah. So we're going to spoil the rest. Cliff notes, I enjoyed the hell out of this. <laughs> I don't know how to talk about its quality, though. Yes. Like, it's really difficult to use the word quality <laughs> with this book. Okay, here's some non-spoiler things. So first of all, Lawrence loves alliteration. Yes. You can read this book and you're going to, this is like, you know, when you were an English major back in freshman, like English 200, you read Beowulf and you learned that those um, Anglo-Saxon, um, they would write the, their their uh, poems and all the poems were like alliteration and they didn't rhyme, but they were like alliteration. So they were like bombastic bombs and the, you know, whatever. That's how Lawrence writes. Yeah, and it's this is getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but it is one of those books where even when the sex scenes seem hot, there are paragraphs of random florid language yes. that, like, I literally went back a couple of times and had to reread them to be like, wait, did anything happen wait, in this what paragraph? Are they doing right or is he just like, I legitimately could not tell you when penetration happened in <laughs> several of the scenes because it seemed like it happened several times <laughs> well, before I'm then it did. <laughs> So it was just, oh, it's batshit. Also, like I'm just gonna get into some Do weird it. specific ones. She every time the word chaise, as in chaise lounge, is used, it's italicized. Yeah. Why? No idea. Yeah. There are just some random italics, like here and there. Yeah, and like full paragraphs. Lots of it are randomly italicized. So Devil's mother is French. She has been living in England for at least thirty years. At least. And, and yet, apparently, she can't speak English very well, you know. Uh, but she also apparently speaks French, like, real bad, because, <laughs> because there were some major issues with her French. I will just say that if you are a Francophone... Um, it's distracting. Prepare yourself. Okay. Um, also, I... How, how do I do... Anything else before we get into spoilers? Uh, let, oh, let's talk really quick about Devil's Mother again. So again, she can't speak English very well, apparently. She has this, like, super heavy French accent. And so whenever she says a name with an H in it, the Lawrence writes it with an apostrophe and then with the H taken out and then the rest of the name, right? So, like, if there's someone named Horatia, so you call her Horatia, I guess, is what you're supposed to read. Here is the thing. Honoria's name has an H at the front, but you don't pronounce the H, right? Like, I don't say Honoria. Her name is Honoria or Honoria, however you say it. You don't pronounce the H. Every time Devil's Mother says her name, there is an apostrophe and then an O. And I'm like, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. 
Stephanie, you don't need to do that. And like, these are the sorts of things that I don't think either of us would notice if it didn't happen all the time. Yeah. Like, I didn't pick up on the fact that Shays was always italicized until like the 10th time. Right, right, right. Oh, and then there's another thing too. She totally fucks up um, the, the um, honorary titles. Yeah. Like, so messed up. So like, Devil is a Duke, right? Devil's father had like three brothers and one sister. And so they all should have been like, I don't know, Lord Charles, Lord Arthur, Lady Cynthia. They are all called Lord Sinster. Every single one of them is called Lord Sinster. And his brother, Richard Scandal, is called Lord Sinster. And I'm like, that's not how this works. That's not how it works. Courtesy titles don't work that way. And then, like, sometimes she will, like, know. She'll be like, it's Lord Sinister the Younger. And I'm like, no! It doesn't work that way. She wrote 30 novels. 30 <laughs> novels. She is still writing. She is still publishing. She's still fucking this up. <laughs> FYI. How do you feel about it, Meg? I, I, I get so frustrated. Do you? <laughs> Look, her most recent novel is about a guy named Lord, um, I forget his first name, Lord Randolph Kavanaugh. The entire book, it's Lord Kavanaugh. Like, that's not his name. It's not his name. Oh. But, but, guys, I keep reading these books. Yeah. I keep reading like, them. To be clear, yeah. Um, so, okay. I think, spoiler. I think spoiler I just time. have to get into spoiler chat now. So, thank you for listening. Um, read it, because, oh my God. And then it's, come back and listen to the rest. Spoilers begin right now. So, um, one of the tropes of this one is scandal the scandal that never was mm-hmm. is that the brother is illegitimate yes. through the mother like mm-hmm. it's the father's child right through a random woman he met in the scottish wars he so here's what happened is so devil's father and mother were married devil's father devil. and mother were married devil's father um was a diplomat he was sent to scotland to negotiate something or other with a scottish laird and while he was there, apparently impregnated the Scottish laird's wife. Mm-hmm. And then came back to England and, and didn't tell anyone anything until Scandal arrived. Not only was it, it was, it was like 12 months later, too. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, it was also weird. like the, a three-month-old baby mm-hmm. just gets dropped off on the step because the Scottish laird could tell from looking at him that it wasn't his kid. I'm like, okay, first of all, what? It's a baby. I don't know if you've seen them. They all look just like kind of mushy. And if it's like, they're all white dudes. Apparently it's- the Sinsters are very special. And like, think about Charles, okay? Like he obviously was not a Sinster, even though his last name was Sinster and his father was a Sinster. <laughs> this is so weird, guys. It was so strange. But yeah, so. And what does. The mother yeah. was somehow became infertile after birthing yeah and and what does she do because she's portrayed in this novel as being like a very strong female character she decides that she is taking the baby into the house that he did the best thing her husband gave her a gift Mm -hmm. because he knew what she wanted more than anything else was specifically a second son Mm -hmm. and so even though everyone in society knew she wasn't pregnant Mm -hmm. and that where'd this three-month-old baby come from it came from Scotland. But no, but like society they knew. was aware. Yeah. Right, that's what I'm saying. They all just were like, well, if she's saying it's their kid, we can't challenge it. So because the world's most understanding wife immediately legitimized the situation, mm-hmm. 
society is not allowed to yeah. talk about it. Well, and like later too, like Devil's like, I think it was really more of a comfort thing. He was just comforting Lady Mc, McGuffin. Macbeth. Up there. And I was like, uh, uh, that's not how comfort happens. Mm. You know? No, it involves dick. <laughs> I, I've been doing it wrong all these times, Lane. Come on. God. Oh, um. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. This book is it's so, it's so wackadoo. Okay. So, oh, yeah. Here's another thing. The Sinsters, Sinster men are all warriors. Yes. They're descended from warriors. And, you know, they're just like, and I mean, yeah, like, not just, they don't just go to, like, Waterloo and kick ass. They also, I don't know, it has something to do with, they have, oh yeah, their family motto is to have and to hold. <laughs> so not only are they warriors, they also like to keep their land and have lots of kids so their babies can live on their land and inherit the land later. And they're all rich. I have so many things I want to yell about right now. So I'm going to start with taking justice into your own hands. Oh, Jesus. Like, they... The, the resolution of the mystery. Yeah. They end up going after the person themselves and taking care of it themselves and staging the whole thing to look like an accident. Uh-huh. And it's just like, I know that there weren't police as we think of them. Look, I get that. But like, they literally commit murder. Yeah. And justifiable homicide. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. But there is, there and, is very much a sense of like, we are the law. Yeah. Well, and not only was it like self-defense, because I think he would have gotten he would have gotten right. off anyway because it was self defense. Um, but the thing is, then they cover up the crime to protect the, the family. criminal's family. Yeah, I will tell you if you decide to read any of Stephanie Lawrence's books, this is a theme. So this this is not the last time that this will happen in the book, because the first crime. So again, the first two chapters we've got cousin Tolly who who whack gets whacked gets whacked. And then they cover that up. They make that. They're like, no, it's a hunting accident. So they cover that up. Then at the end of the novel, Cousin Charles gets whacked. And they cover that one up too by burning down a house. <laughs> by burning down a house. <laughs> Sorry. It is so insane. And like, it's so obvious too. Because like the first chapter is Honoria and Devil. I can't do it. Every time I say devil, I die inside. <laughs> Meeting at Tolly's body in the woods, taking him to the Woodsman's College, and the Woodsman's College is where Tolly dies. Yeah. And then it's so ham-fisted. Like, literally at the end, when they're burning down the Woodsman's College to make Charles's death look like an accident, she's thinking she's about like, the fact that oh, it's only it been six months. Circle. It's come full circle. Like, nothing <laughs> can be left, like, unstated. It is so bad. And then, so speaking of your other point, that, like, the devil, the sinister clan is obsessed with land and progeny. I could not take one more discussion of having your babies. Oh, that is she, that is how he convinces her to marry him. I, and okay, so she's got a tragic past. Talk about a trope. Tragic past. Not only were her parents killed in a carriage accident while she watched, but her younger brother and sister were also in the carriage and killed. And I guess she, her mom was sick, so she so, like raised the little right, kids. Right, and Noria had like kind of raised them. And so it was like watching her children die in a carriage. So, and she's decided the reason she became a finishing governess is she can't be around kids because it's just too traumatic for her yeah. to be with small children. And she's decided never to marry or have children. Yeah. Because of how traumatic this experience was. And it's just awful because she hangs out with little kids. Yeah. Like, not infrequently. Yeah. In the book. It's, I, 
I hate it so yeah. much. <laughs> so here's the thing with Stephanie Lawrence. It's like she writes these novels. I think this is my biggest issue with her, but maybe contributes to why I keep reading, is that she mm -hmm. presents this world where the status quo is absolutely good. Mm -hmm. Like everything that happens in this book, like Devil is a duke. He takes care of everyone in his estate. Mm -hmm. He takes care of the whole family. He, it's noblesse oblige. And mm -hmm. he is very obliging. Like he takes care of, so, so it's like the people who are the nobility are deserving of that. Yes. Uh, and they are doing a good job managing their lands. Um, you know, Honoria, yeah, because she doesn't want to marry him. But guess what? It turns out that it was the best decision all along that they were they're found in this compromising she's, situation and she should marry him. Well, and she's also living under an assumed identity, sort of. Sort of. So then, and that's the thing too. It's like, so she's was a... But it's but the idea, that, and this is building off the point you're making, yeah. so she's been going by Honoria Weatherby as a finishing government, but she's really Honoria and Thruster Weatherby, the daughter of this like very renowned family, yeah. a member of the peerage. Her grandfather is like the super well-known yeah. duke, lord, earl, whatever. whatever. Yeah. And so it's like even though when he first meets her, all he knows is she's a governess, and it takes it wasn't until the next day that he figures out her last name. It's like he could identify her he, he like as a knew, true aristocrat, and he like knew that she would be a good um, duchess. And like uh, being a duchess probably was hard work, but the way Lawrence portrays it as being hard work is not. For example, they're having a wake for Tolly who died. The entire Sinister clan has arrived, and Devil's horse, who's, you know, a devilish, just like him. No one Suleiman. else. Suleiman. Suleiman. Yeah, kind of a little, oh, little racist. A little there. racist. Okay, we're not going there right now. <laughs> anyway, this Devil horse, Devil of a horse, smashes all the petty whores. Yeah. And so, oh no. What are we going to do? Guess what? Arania's, Honoria is like, why don't you make some scones and I'll get the twins to play the pianoforte while they're baking. And she was such a great crisis manager right there. Yeah. She, she took really, care of it. She, she stepped in for the family and everyone now knew. It's batshit, you guys. <laughs> it is batshit. Yeah. And I mean, just imagine that this book spawned the so many more. I can't do it. Yeah. I, but I mean, this this is this book is part of the reason why we like romance novels because it is so weird and like so crazy. It's complicated. It's complicated. Yes. Yes. It's very complicated. Like, mm, I have to pick my words very carefully here, so I definitely like say what I mean. I love romance novels not just as romance novels, as books. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like a lot of times the characters are super well-constructed and I find something relatable even in these historical settings. And I like learning about history. And a lot of romance novels do a great job researching and citing. And so I just, I think a lot of times the genre gets unfair shit yeah. just because they're happy. Yeah. I feel like if this were the only romance novel I'd ever read... I wouldn't quite be able to defend the genre as a whole the yeah. way I need to. Yeah. Because it makes no fucking sense. It is really weird. It is very sexual. Yeah. 
But like, it is just every stereotype of the big family that you have to write every person's love story. Oh, yeah. Like, insane intergenerational, like you said, noblesse oblige. And like, it's, it's, it's batshit. Yeah. I have no better word. It is batshit. So, and let me tell you, of of these 30 books that I told you are now extant in the series, they're, some of the more recent ones are Devil's Kids. Okay. So here's the thing. These are romance novels, so like no one can die in these books. So Devil's mother is still around, even though her grandchildren are now in their 30s getting married. And Devil is in his 30s. He's not like 25. Just letting you know. Just letting you know. Like, let's assume this woman is at the absolute youngest in her early 50s. Right. Like, let's say she had kids at 20. She's in her one child because the other child is not of her body. Whatever. (laughs) Whatever. So she's in her early fifties. So you're telling me she's in her early eighties, minimum, and like not old or an invalid in behavior, but in behavior, like she's not correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Offensiveness. We've touched on some of this already. Like we, we, so we already talked about Devil's Mother. her, her name is Helena, by the way, um, which is not a French name, but whatever. <laughs> her name is Helena. Another, so another H name also, FYI, that apparently she can't even pronounce her own name. Elena. Duh, Meg. You're right. What Elena. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we talked about that. Um, we also talked about how, like, these people just getting away with, like, bloody crimes. Yeah. Murder. For the good of the family. And, like, spying and extortion and blackmail. Yeah. Lots also, of crimes. so spoiler alert: Cousin Charles did it. Cousin Charles, it was it was Cousin Charles. It was Cousin Charles, and one of the signs that they should have known that he was going bad was the the prostitutes. Yeah, that all was, made no sense to me. It was, I mean, I guess it was supposed to be that he was like mistreating prostitutes. Yeah, but the, so the implication was that they thought Tolly might have been wrapped up in bad shit. Right. But the whole thing is, Charles looks like none of them. Charles doesn't look like them. He doesn't. So like, act like how them. did Tolly get wrapped up in that? There, it, like, oh. it all makes no sense. It doesn't make sense. Okay, um, also, this is a slightly different tack. Her desire to travel and the way they talk about her wanting to travel feels really gross. Yeah. Like, it's not presented as, like, a scholarly interest. Oh, no. She's it's just very like, much, I'm going to go off to Egypt. I read it as a fetishization of the other, yeah. in a way. And it does, it's not explicit in that. But this, this goes back to what I was saying, that when Lawrence writes a book, the status quo is presented as totally normal and, and good and desirable. Yeah. And so in this time, the status quo was you might go to Egypt and like be a tourist and like, okay. Like it's, yeah. nothing is examined critically. Yes. And it's, it, it just... It's very shallow. Yeah. Like her interest in not rich white dukes. Yeah. So. And it's also played as like, you're right, it was a dumb idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like when she does decide to marry him instead of pursuing her life as a spinster abroad, it's very much presented as like, oh, yeah, that would have been tragic. I, well, it would have been tragic for me not to have your children. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like this book, like very much beers on like the 1800s equivalent of put a baby in me. Yeah. It was. Oh, yeah. I am, I am not here for it, guys. Ugh. And then, so in our notes, Lane wrote, he's a little too controlling. Okay, he literally, okay, so she gets tricked into going to a notorious rake's house. 
and the rake thinks she's there for a liaison, but she's not. So she doesn't do anything. The only thing she does is go to another man's house. Um, she thinks she's there to get information. He thinks she's there for an assignation. Yeah. When he attempts to touch her, she decks him. Yeah. She, he realizes the misunderstanding and does not continue to pursue continue, her. He's not attempting to like coerce her. Now, Devil gets a mess. So this is all a convoluted plot of Charles's, right? So Devil gets a note at his club saying, hey, your wife is cheating on you with Giles Chillingsworth. You better go check him and, out. And he's like, I'm really sensitive to cheating given what my father did to my mother. And I'm like, why? Your mother's yeah. not. We don't even find out yeah. what happened. Like, so, what are you talking about? So he goes to Chillingsworth's house. Um, Noria leaves. He basically kidnaps her off the street. He throws a bag like, over her head. Bag over her head. <laughs> grabs her in the carriage. She knows who it is. And she's like, okay, it's fine. And like, literally, he's like, you know I might have killed you. And she's like, I knew you wouldn't. And like, but like, this is played as like romantic in this book. I wasn't thinking about that. But I was, he said that. No, he did. And you're right. <laughs> but when I, I was more thinking about like how often he tells her what she's thinking. Oh, yeah. And you want to talk about like possessiveness not being sexy. Yeah. The way he thinks about her as his yeah. is real gross. This brings us to sexiness. There's a lot of sex. Especially in the sex. It's backloaded, though. It's backloaded, yeah. That's, that's not like an innuendo. There's no, he won't. So the thing is, they make out a lot. Make out a but lot. But he won't actually have sex with her until they're affianced. Right. Because he wants... And to be honest, like, uh, this was my sec- second reading of this book. And I, like, read it and I was like, okay. Like, I, a- I actually kind of liked that he was like, no. So they would, like, make out. And then she's like, okay, I want to marry you, so let's go all the way. And he's like, no, you're like drunk on my body. We can't go all the way because maybe tomorrow you'll we well, won't get married. This was the stupidest part, though. <laughs> so she, he wanted her, not while drunk on his body, to confess her feelings. Yes. But then he avoided her. Yeah. <laughs> so she couldn't, like, the only way she could confess to him was to, like, find, uh, like, ambush him in dark spaces. Sneak into his room. And then all they do is hook up. Right. So he'd be like, oh, well, you haven't said it yet. And she's like, you've been, you keep skipping breakfast, so I can't come down to tell you. She's like, it's not my fault that I'm not in my right mind. You're the one who keeps making out with me. Right. Well, and I also, and I, like, love that his, his, like, makeout sessions are, like, more potent than alcohol or drugs. Well, and the other (laughs) thing is, so she sneaks into his room finally and convinces him and they, like, have sex or whatever. They bone. Excuse. Yeah. Um, and then the next night he goes looking for her mm-hmm. and she's not in his, because she wasn't in his he's bed like, and he's why pissed. you in my bed? But then they have sex in her room and he's like, you can't be in my room. Yeah. <laughs> we can't, because it would be too obvious that I'm deflowering you before we're wed. Yeah. So like, we can only hook up in here. So like, wait, you're mad she's not in your bed only to tell her she yeah. can't come to your room? Like, so we, this is crazy. We have some consent issues in this book. Oh my God. This is definitely one of the ones where she says no like, she verbalizes no, but you're in her head, so you know she's saying no because she feels like she should say no, which I think is a legitimate, like, it's, I think that legitimately happened. But in this case, the man should just stop making out with you and be like, are you, and then you can be like, oh, actually, I was just saying that. Let's keep making out. But he was like, no, you're just saying that because you, we actually, you actually do want to make out with me, and they would just keep making out. <laughs> right? Yep. So, some, some, some consent issues. 
there's I also and and then when she does say yes, he's like, well, I can't be sure you're actually saying yes. <laughs> so we have like <laughs> some major issues. This here. is also like crazy spoilery, but like we're past this point, you guys. Yeah. Um. So when Charles finds out that she's marrying Devil, first of all, Charles wants to kill Devil. He killed Tolly to cover up the fact that Tolly found out he wanted to kill Devil. Right. Why? I actually don't understand. It's the stupidest reason. Why? Why did he want? Why did? Why did Charles want Devil dead? Because Charles would become the Duke. Right, but he says like, but it's not about that. It's about like, it's not it's, personal. I have money. It's not about the heir, the dukedom. It's about my mother's about family, my the mother. butters, the Buttersworths, oh, it was or whatever. Ridiculous. And he's Absolutely like, because, but I'm like, your last name's still Sinster. Yeah. Like, well, he didn't he say he was gonna like change the name or something? Yeah, it was like crazy dumb. <laughs> it was so dumb. So stupid. But so Charles, upon finding out that. Honoria was compromised by devil offers to marry her yeah why because he doesn't want he because here's the thing if he killed devil but devil had sired a baby he would also have to kill Honoria and the baby he's just more people to kill he wanted to minimize his work <laughs> like it all made no sense honestly like it made no sense no, well, I mean, if you think about it from, like, the psychotic killer's point of view, like, it's just less work <laughs> to kill the, just the dude and not the dude and his wife and his heir. But kill the dude before they can do anything. I know, that was, he tried. He tried to do it on the wedding night, remember? No, but he, like, stopped trying between killing Tolly. and did. The, Like, it was, like, the second. He thought he, he thought he had time. Well, and they explained it. They were like, well, when we found out that Honoria didn't want to marry him, so, like, it wasn't urgent. It's like, but you want to be the Duke, so why have you stopped trying to kill the Duke? Like, right. I couldn't figure it out. I was like, wait, it was so weird. it's only important to kill yeah. him when he's married? Yeah. Like, it wasn't important to kill him yeah. and Honoria and the potential baby. I, look, I... Also, that bet between all the cousins about the marriage date and the baby date are it's so stupid really stupid i know oh it's so stupid it's really dumb but whatever i know. enjoyed the hell out of this right <laughs> exactly this is like the longest podcast we've ever recorded i am pretty sure oh. once i edit out because i've got some things to edit out but we're already sitting in at 40 minutes oh because God. we're just like jesus christ okay guys. we're ending this podcast right now um but oh i'm sorry can oh. we just talk about the fact that he made out with her while she was asleep? But that's because she was having a nightmare. While his cousin was dead. <laughs> dead. So the very first night, his cousin has just died. Yeah. They're sleeping in chairs opposite each other. She's having a nightmare, like reliving the night of her parents' murder. So he like scoops her up and attempts to comfort her. And comfort. Apparently, like we, we just found this out, that comfort involves the D. Right. So I think maybe... Oh, I'm sorry. So this was a stupid question. Now You're right. you know why. You're right. You know. So he takes the sad out of her with his making out while she's unconscious. I mean, that all works for me. <laughs> this is bad shit. This book is so crazy. This book is crazy. I'm sure we're going to read more of them. Oh, you will pry these out of my gold dead <laughs> I do think they are important entry into the romance canon. I mean, like, literally, these books consistently score above four stars on Goodreads, like, two today. You know, this is 98. This is 20 years, right? Yeah. I'm like, you're doing the math right? Yes, I am. So 20 years of these books. She's putting out more than a book a year? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know if I can do all 30, guys. No, we don't have to do all 30. But, but I need to do the next one. Oh, it's about... 
Also, the end is like all the cousins sitting around being like, God, we do everything together and I hope we don't do this. Of course, because nothing can go unstated. Dear listener, they did this all together. <laughs> they all end up married, spoiler alert. <laughs> but then not only do they end up married, then their younger cousins end up married, and then their wives' brothers end up married, and then their wives' brothers' wives' brothers end up married. So here's the thing. Both of our favorite book series are long. Yeah. And they involve intergenerational. This is true. Stuff. It is one thing for me to read a book where, like, I am invested in the whole family. Yeah. It's another when I'm just reading about three generations of sex. This is true. This is so true. Like, oh, my God. Yes. I, if, I have, if I've read a graphic description of your conception, I don't want to read you conceiving a child. Well, you're going to read it if you read The Sinsters. I hope that this makes it very appealing to you, dear reader, listener. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. This was, um, yes, our longest podcast yet. <laughs> this book is crazy. Um, it will probably take you longer to listen to our podcast than to read the book. But try it out. I think it will take them more than 40 minutes to read yeah, the book. Yeah, I guess, maybe. All right. Thanks for listening. As always, if you could rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts, we would appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye.